comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Previously on Out Now with Aaron and Abe. Woo, great workout, Aaron. Hey, you want something to drink? I've got some soda, OJ, Sunny D, and some purple stuff. What? What is purple? St- Why are you saying these things? What? What's happening? What? We didn't even work out. What? What are you doing, dude? Aren't aren't? What? It's a workout watching Iron Man three. Obviously, I don't know what you're talking We're about. We're talking about Gatsby this week, Abe. What are you, what, <laughs> wait a minute. So we didn't just fly around in iron suits? I think. I mean, come on. I think Baz Luhrmann's 3D is getting into your head. I am Don Cheadle, the Asian Don Cheadle. That's an interesting character choice to model yourself after, but we're, we're talking about DiCaprio and Tobey Maguire as, you know, Spider-Man? 20s, 20s layabouts. Oh, okay. All right, well, I guess that that's all right, but still, you want some purple stuff or not? Sure, old sport. Wait a minute, I forgot my introduction. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and Abe is once again not here. Abe, Abe has had a rough schedule these past weeks, so it's it's getting hard to get him on these Sunday records. But hopefully, as I did last week, we'll be able to have him back at the end of the show and talk all the all the spoilers you want to hear in The Great Gatsby, the most unspoilerable novel you can probably talk about. Anyway, Out Now is regularly a film podcast with Abe and I normally discussing new movies weekly. We also bring a discussion about the latest movie trailers, box office results or predictions, a callback to past films similar to the main film of the week, games, and other fun stuff. This is episode 103. A lot of syllables in there. 103 episodes. And this week we are talking about The Great Gatsby, the the Baz Luhrmann <laughs> version of the Scott Fitzgerald novel. Joining me to discuss The Great Gatsby, we have writer for the Gazette newspapers, currently awakening from a lavish party at the West Egg, Jonathan Van Dyke. Heyo. And from Film.com, the man who has literally written the book on film criticism, available on Amazon.com, a true old sport, Laramie Legal. I can't top AO, but <laughs> hi there. Yeah, there I just like to drop the mic early. That was really good. Yeah. You can leave. We're good. We're good. <laughs> we got this. Yes. You like Gatsby. Good. Okay, see you. Um, no, I woke up. <laughs> uh, but yeah, good. good. Good to have you guys on here. Uh, we're going to talk about some Gatsby. And, uh, yeah, that's the plan. But first, we have a few announcements. Uh, first things first, iTunes stuff. I, a lot of iTunes business. This past couple weeks has been very weird with the iTunes because the show that hosts our podcast, the HHWLOD Podcast Network, they completely remodeled the website, which caused all the iTunes feeds to drop out and go back to zero. Because of that, everyone that's listening to the show hopefully has resubscribed through iTunes or is listening through our Podomatic site. But... If you want to, if you want to resubscribe to the show via iTunes, you can do that now. Our, our, we have a completely new feed. Uh, not all the episodes are there. Most of the newest ones, like the past like seven weeks or so, but uh, hopefully all the other shows will be back on iTunes very soon, and everything will be back to normal. But for now, iTunes is up. These new episodes will be on there, and hopefully everyone is you know back listening to us again. 
iTunes reviews and ratings, we need those more than ever now because because we have new feeds, we have week one went back to ground to square one. We that are, is so mean. It you is. You gotta be really mad about that. I, I am quite mad about that. That's very <laughs> annoying. Because you worked so hard for all those reviews. Yes, that that sucks quite a bit. But so yeah. far, so far we're, we got we got a few on there. We got we got about six reviews on there. It's very very nice. Very happy to have that. But what were you up to? We we were we were we again we were getting up to like a clo- a close. A close twenty. We never had too many iTunes reviews, but we. we I would call yeah. Fred iTunes and demand those back. Fred iTunes and a who, who runs the iTunes Empire? Yeah. Johnny Mc iTunes Store and Sam, <laughs> yeah. Sammy Apple Store, but um, yeah, it we we could use those iTunes reviews and ratings again just to get us back to. It wasn't even that many, but we don't have to get more of them. But yeah, it, it very much help out the show if you we can get some iTunes reviews and ratings on there. Um, so yeah, there's that. And I'm sorry for the inconvenience. I mean, I, Abe and I have been more frustrated than you guys. I guarantee it's, but we've, we, we, we're back up on iTunes and it's, you know, we're here. It's actually easier now to post shows though, I mean, from the site and remodel. So <laughs> things will be a little smoother on our end. Um, let's see. Let's get to another, another thing. Um, contest. Our hundredth episode, we announced a banner contest. We have our Facebook and Twitter page, facebook.com slash outnow podcast and twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast. Say those faster. And, um, we have those banner photos on there. We asked our listeners and anyone, really, who if everyone wants to submit a banner photo, um, we have a very cool prize. And the, you know, the one that we think is the best, that one that we want to put, our, put on our site, we'll get that cool prize. It's some is it a Bruce out. Banner doll? It could be. But right. but it's some Out Now swag. We got a yeah. got a pretty cool piece of Out Now swag and a, a number of Blu-rays. We got Life of Pi on Blu-ray. We got a... I believe that's pronounced Life of P, by the I, way. Oh, I keep it mispronounced. Avar is pronounced yeah. too. But, uh, yeah, we got some cool prizes in there. So that's open till the end of the month, that contest. We already have a few submissions, but keeping that one open for a while. And I'm going to announce a new contest right now because I got this fancy Star Trek Into Darkness poster, a big one, like a big full-size movie poster, but I don't want it. So I'm going to send it to somebody. All they have to do is email us at a podcast at gmail.com what their favorite Star Trek character is and why. I will limit this contest to people that live in the United States because who wants to ship a giant poster across the world? But that contest is open. Who is your favorite Star Trek character and why? Uh, respond out now podcast at gmail.com or on our Facebook page, either way. And, uh, we'll, uh, pick, Abe and I'll pick an answer from there. Uh, let's see. One more thing here. Uh, I put a, put a question on the old Facebook page as I normally do. Fa- favorite books you've read that have been turned into movies? And we got a number of responses. Uh, Tyler put The Langoliers, Stand By Me, and Of Mice and Men. It's an eclectic mix. <laughs> um, Marcus put The Autobiography of Malcolm X. I wonder what movie that turned into. Uh, Roots and Mr. Popper's Penguins, of course. <laughs> uh, John, you, you, you're on this show. You, you, put, <laughs> you put the rules of attraction. Hmm. It's, it's a solid pick. Uh, it's, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> Dave, uh, Dave H put Fight Club. That'd probably be my pick, actually. Um, Daniel Key put, uh, No Country for Old Men. That's another, that's another solid, that's a very, very direct adaptation from the Coen Brothers, no less. Like, they're really stuck to the, to that book. But, uh, yeah, those are, Responses we got. I was like hearing from listeners, so thank you very much for your responses. Let's uh, let's get into things. Let's get into know everybody. Where each week we ask each other a few questions to try to set the tone for the podcast to better get to know everybody. And um, I'm going to start this one off. I'm going to ask John a question. John, what? (laughs) (laughs) What uh, what known artist would you like to see as the music supervisor for a film? Um. Uh. Gosh. See here. Well, those are way better than my questions are going to be. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, put me on a spot. I, I, 
I guess I'm trying to think. Uh, who would be fun? I think it would be. Well, actually, I don't know. They it'd probably be like Skrillex right now, and and he kind of already did that. So <laughs> it's a, a terrible answer, but also a great plug for Spring Breakers if you haven't seen it. And the, and the upcoming Spring Breakers too, still springing, right? <laughs> So that'd be you. Your turn, John. You go. Oh, okay. Um, good. Yeah, I guess I'll ask Blair me a question, and that will just be: um, blockbusters are all about explosions, etc. But uh, it, has it already happened, or what is? Uh, what do you think is going to be the best acting turn? One of these big movies, though, where somebody actually does something uh, beyond just look pretty on the screen. And we're talking like summer movies this year. Is that? Yep. That's my Ballywick. All right, let's uh, let's bring this up. That's a good question. It's definitely. I don't think we've seen it yet. Let's put it that way. Um, so, I having seen Star Trek, I feel pretty good about saying it's not necessarily in there. I don't see anyone doing anything with Fast and Furious, although I'm a huge well, Vin Diesel. Whoa! Yeah, I'm a huge Vin <laughs> Diesel fan. I mean, I don't, I don't think we can lie about that. Do we? I mean, remember the monologue he gives about his father in Fast Five? Uh, <laughs> apparently you don't know Michelle Rodriguez is coming back just to win an Oscar. <laughs> it's a pretty serious situation. I'll tell you the one that could, has the most potential. I don't know to pull it off, but if you looked for one performance that you're like, you know what? Let's keep an eye on that. It's the Man of Steel Superman performance by, uh, well, what's his name? Henry Cavs. There you go. Because I think that's an iconic role that was kind of messed up last time. I don't think it was dude's fault last time, but, uh, Brandon Routh. He was, yeah, he was very Ken doll. Yeah, it wasn't his fault. He was just given the script. But yeah, if you wanted to look for something that could be awardy or more dramatically interesting, I will go with Henry Cavill. Well, even the supporting performances, you got, you know, you got your Costners who. Yeah, I kind of assumed that he was just going to go support and be like, yes. Russell, Russell Crowe's, your your um your Toby from West Wings. Your... No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> not doing that. Not, All not, right, not Jaden Smith and After Earth. <laughs> you know, I've gone back because I always say After Earth too. I go, Welcome to Earth. I've gone back to that actual line. He doesn't say Earth. He says Earth. I know. It's it came from. It annoys me more than anyone because I love it. <laughs> yeah, he does say Welcome to Earth because I went back to like pull the clip because I love Earth. Welcome to Earth, but no, he says it correctly. So that's just everybody else. This one's actually uh, trivia for you, All right. Mr. Aaron. It's a little different, but uh, I think you'll think you'll have a good time with it. I like a mix-up and know everybody. What Leonardo DiCaprio film from 2000 is also James Cameron's nickname for his ex-wife, Catherine Bigelow? 2000. Again, what Leonardo DiCaprio film from the year 2000 is also <coughs> James Cameron's nickname for his former ex-wife, Catherine Bigelow? I guess he's still ex-wife. Can't really be former. What was DiCaprio doing in 2000? Was he in the, the beach? There you go. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. No. <laughs> uh, oh, it works, though. The beach. <laughs> the beach. That beach. I love point break jokes. <laughs> As do I. All right, Larrabee, I got a question right back at you. Okay. What are your, thought, what are your thoughts on contemporary music and period films? I really do like it. I will say I'm always swayed by it. It generally works for me if it's a good, good mix. I like... You know, like how they did in 42, how they, you know, used a lot of Jay-Z in that, too. I think if you're making a film for modern audiences, I don't mind using new music, even if the material itself is not new. I think it's a it's a nice method. And it's, to me, it's superior than, like, 
throwing Celine Dion in Titanic or something where you're just like, come on, what are we doing? Where you're trying to bend modern music to, it works. Know, yeah. It, it so. makes, it makes sense for me too. Like it's, it's not like there was score back then going accompanying every scene. So what does it matter? What period that music necessarily, I mean, it, it fits, it fits for me, whether it be rock tracks for, for a knight's tale or, you know, the, the stylized nature of Baz Luhrmann's movie. Like it, it, yeah, and I guess, like, what's the point in staying, you know, true to the time? Like, what do you get for that? So, I don't think F. Scott Fitzgerald is rising from his grave for that. So. And I'll have <laughs> a question to John. You ready for this? I'm ready. Hit me. Coming high and hard at you. What performance by Leo DiCaprio that he wasn't nominated for an Oscar for is your favorite? And I'll just take the... Uh, Take the suspense out. He was nominated for Blood Diamond, The Aviator, and Gilbert Grape. So what non-Oscar-nominated performance is your favorite by Leo D? Hmm. Let's see here. I have two answers for this. Oh, whoa, okay. There's only one correct, but that's fine. Uh, I mean, he wasn't nominated for The Departed. That's weird. I would have thought he was. I, I thought he was. Yeah. Uh, I'd probably say The Departed, if not... The stereotypical Romeo and Juliet, but uh, it's Romeo plus Juliet, by the way. Uh, I know. Baz Luhrmann's Romeo plus Juliet. <laughs> Baz Luhrmann's William Shakespeare's Romeo plus Juliet. I think I, I, would heard, say... he, I heard Boz might be doing Hamlet with Leo coming up, so we'll see. Oh, Boz! <laughs> I think I would either go Gangs in New York or Revolutionary Road, which I like more than everyone else. I, I, I um, by the way, Departed. I think Matt Damon's better, but um, he when Mark Wahlberg's better than both. True that. Uh, Martin Sheen, happy birthday, Billy Estevez, by the way. How Martin Sheen is. Um, <laughs> he's pretty good in that one. I, I, I really like his Catch Me If You Can performance. I think he has, he brings everything about Leo involved in that in, ter- in terms of his charming, his, his earnest, and his, his, his DiCaprio, his DiCaprio nature. Also, <laughs> Shutter Island. I think he's, despite the quality of that film, I think he's very good in that movie. Oh, yeah. No, I, I like that. I think that. I think I, the quality of the film I, I think, is sometimes underrated a little bit, even. I think he does the same thing in Inception, and I love Inception, but I think he gives that same performance in Shutter Island a little more effectively. That's me, though. I don't know. All right. Um, I guess I, I'm, I'm going to complete the circle here and, and ask Aaron a question. I will, I will, I'm going to go, uh, this year, I guess we, since we're in the throes of summer, we could try to limit to summer, but, uh, is there a movie that uh, a leading man or lady uh, you think is miscast and that you would like uh, somebody else in that role leading that movie? And who would you like leading that movie? Again, for this summer? That's for you? Yeah. For, and leading, leading lady? I, would go, I mean, unless you, you've got something more inventive, I would say leading person. Leading, leading a moving. Meryl Streep, Fast 6. <laughs> <laughs> Done. That's my default answer for most roles. Um, I thought she should have been Green Lantern. That and movie would have been be, fun. She should actually be the the role of the Rock. Uh, <laughs> um, let me think. Let's see. You could just not cast Ken Jeong in The Hangover. I think that's already a miscast. No right kidding. There. Cast him with Air instead. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. What else? Could... Well, I, I'm not a fan of Costner, so I'd probably take him out of Man of Steel. Um, so let's. What else? What's coming out that that could? Have different casting going on. What about uh, grown-ups not having Sandler or Chris Rock or any of them? Kevin James. And who is going to laugh at getting chocolate wasted? 
<laughs> the same amount who's going to laugh now. No one. Well, see, okay, because I, I, I just saw that, like, Al Pacino was supposed to be in Despicable Me, too, and now he's not, and they replaced him with Benjamin Bratt. That seems like a giant downgrade, so I'd probably just recast that back as Al Pacino again. <laughs> I heard he had problems with the script. <laughs> there wasn't enough yelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know where you could go wild and have this is the end, have all the actors play themselves, but, like, in different roles, like James Franco plays Danny McBride. That is like, awesome. Just, like, just mix them all go. up. <laughs> just, mix, just mix all of those actors up. That would be genius. And there's my, there's my yeah. answer. Yeah, yeah, why hasn't anybody ever just remixed a movie? Like, have it come out as is normal, and then a few weeks later have new people hop in. <laughs> <laughs> all right. By the way, John, Adelarby, I like your preamble to the Know Everybody questions. That makes it all the more entertaining for me. Not, everyone just jumps straight to their question, but I like it. So, thank you. And that that is how I prefer to play Know Everybody. Let's move on. Out Now Quickies. DM, each week on Out Now, we try to talk about one movie, but there's a lot of movies that always come out, and we intend to see lots of movies, so we want to have a little segment called Out Now Quickies where we talk about said movies. Um, John, have you seen any other movies this week or recently? Uh, I'm afraid that you guys are probably going to be best for this. Pain and Gain is the only thing I, I've seen a, of, of note recently. And uh, did you enjoy it? Barbecue hand and all? Pain and Gain stuff for me. I liked it as like almost a behind-the-scenes analyzing type of way. Is it still somewhat fun popcorny? Yes, but I would say I think about it and I'm intrigued more about it just because it's Michael Bay trying to like do an art movie or something, and that that is enter- entertaining to see the cogs in motion uh, at an attempt at that. <laughs> All right, uh, Laramie, any movies that you can talk about that you've seen recently? Yeah, I, I'm sure I'm not allowed to talk about Star Trek. They'd probably murder me or something. Yeah, I think but they, um, they beam you out. What else did I? Am I is it, allowed to talk about older movies I saw? Yeah, sure. I watched Swingers again last night. That was, <laughs> I and I get sucked in. Like I saw the first scene, and then I'm like, I'll just watch a couple minutes, and then all of a sudden, it's like three hours have passed. It's an easy watch. Like, I'm like damn it, you got me again, Vince Vaughn. You got me again. <laughs> Who's but, the big winner? I am. Uh, so, yeah, I watched Swingers last night, and that was that was pretty good. I watched Pitch Perfect on a plane a couple about a month ago, and I've been raving about that. I I hadn't seen it in theaters, and if they cut out those throw up scenes, I think I'm on board for like an A for that film. That, you know what? If they did, I'd probably be more on board with it too. I do think it it goes on for for a movie like that. It goes on way too long. I think like it goes on it goes on way too long without them changing their act because it's just like we we should change your act. I mean, no, no, we should. Yeah, you're, they beat that out of the head. They're like, hey, we shot him. You're like, oh, you're going to change your act. We gotta make it to regionals. <laughs> and as much as I like Rebel Wilson, she makes me laugh. She plays up that fat joke a lot in that movie. <laughs> uh, to the point where you're like, what's going on with you? I mean, you, you could know. be funny without doing that. But, Let's but talk about it. Where? Where's her heat? Where's where's English Heat, the spinoff heat. movie of the Heat, Melissa McCarthy starring Rebel Wilson? Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, let's see. What did I do? I've seen. Actually, I was at a Hero Complex Film Festival in L.A. last night, yesterday, and uh, saw a few movies there that I already enjoy, but continue to enjoy on the big screen. I saw The Mist, which I hadn't watched in a while, and I really like The Mist a, a lot. Solid, uh, solid horror feature. And uh, then I saw a Double Dose of Guillermo del Toro. I saw The Devil's Backbone and Pan's Labyrinth. Uh, with him talking in between, that's like a weird humble brag. He, he came and did a Q and A, and I was there. Uh, but <laughs> those are those are solid, solid movies. And then after that, they played Maniac. This is a remake of a horror film from the '80s. It stars Elijah Wood. Now it's produced and written by Alexandra Aha, Aja of uh, Aha, Aha from uh, High Tension Fame and Piranha 3D, not 3 Double D, a movie that Larry and I talked about before and 
wish to never talk about again. Um, Did not love it. No. But uh, Maniac, the movie I could go either way on, but the filmmaking involved is quite ingenious, like, because it's very much from Elijah Wood's perspective the entire time he plays this maniac killer. He just kills innocent girls, and it's like, hey, you're doing that again. That's great for you. Uh, but but the filmmaking and the soundtrack, very, very cool soundtrack, and just kind of the way the cameras move to kind of vis- vis- represent his point of view for the duration is very well done. It's almost worth seeing because of that, even though it's just, hey, I'm killing another girl. Hey, hey. I used to be in Flipper. But, uh, yeah, that's... So, yeah, those are our now quickies. Uh, let's move on. Movie trailer talk. Each week we discuss some of the newest trailers and, you know, what we thought of them. And the first one up, we have Ender's Game. This is an adaptation of one of the more popular sci-fi books around by Orson Scott Card. And uh, stars Asa Butterfield from Hugo, along with a host of others, Haley Steinfeld from True Grit. Um, who's the girl? Abigail, Abigail Breslin? Is that right? Yeah. Abigail Breslin, A Little Bit of Sunshine, Harrison Ford, and Ben Kingsley filling in the... Adult Factor, Viola Davis, filling in the Adult Factor. Lots of big stars, big movie book adaptation, sci-fi, spaceships, aliens, what have you. Laramie, what did you think of the trailer for Ender's Game? I thought it was a good sci-fi trailer for a sci-fi movie, but not at all an Ender's Game trailer. And I just say that as a massive fan of the book. I thought they've completely missed the point of the book, which was more the horror that comes from involving your youth in war. Whereas here they're like, we've got a badass little kid making war. So uh, to me, they totally missed the point of the movie, or they've cut the trailer to be something the movie's not. Either one. I would almost say that's more. The, like, you had to sell that aspect of it more than the the, the the psychological turmoil of a child being thrust into this environment kind of thing. Well, and they still have the, the what is it? I think it's Viola Davis is like, you're forgetting they're just a kid line. So, so yeah, it's why, why, did she, why did she why that? Why does she say it just like Harrison Ford? Because <laughs> because that's how she talks to him, just like Harrison Ford. John, it's John, a trap. John, what did you think of the trailer? Uh, I mean, it looks. I guess the trailer itself um, at the beginning is kind of. I was just kind of like, eh, but you know, by the end when they're like shooting some massive gun and ship gun or something. I mean. I think it got better as it goes along, uh, but I don't. At this point, I have no idea on the source material, uh, and without knowing source material and knowing how uh, good that book is, probably uh, by your standpoint, it didn't like overly excite me. You know, I, I, I just kind of sci-fi in some ways is getting a little paid by numbers for me, and I was kind of like, oh, there's some ships doing fighting, you know, massive swarm of something. But but then again, uh, it, like I said, it kind of got better as it went on. So you know, I'll, I'll keep an eye out still. Yeah, I, uh, I I think I'm more in love with the idea that this finally happened than I am with the trailer. I'm just like, yay! There's an Ender's Game movie. It's finally happening. Because I I also I do love the book. I would say I agree with Laramie's points to an extent, just because it's it's selling the big aspect of it rather than the hey, this is what the book's about aspect. So I'll be curious to see how it's marketed down the line. For now, I'm just like, hey, all right, they, they got they got people in there that I like. There you go. Yeah, I mean, yeah. obviously, we're all looking forward to a few more dub dubstep uh, trailers. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could, and I just need Ben Kingsley in makeup all year. Apparently, that's what I need to see. Yeah, he got the full Mike Tyson treatment there. <laughs> he went, he went full Tyson. That's <laughs> that's that's what you call it now. He went full Tyson. Um, okay, Ender's Game arrives in theaters November first, two thousand thirteen. 
just you know that's that's my, in IMAX apparently, but not in 3D. So we'll see how that see how that goes. Gavin Hood directed it, by the way. Who I like, I like Gavin. Hood. I like Gavin Hood. I love Satsi. That's a that's a yeah. Solid you would think with Satsi he'd understand what Ender's Game is about, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I I yeah, we'll see. I I'd like I like to think they're selling the spectacle aspect more, but yeah, that's guy he directed Wolverine too. Hopefully there's less studio interference on the the own Ender's Game, but it is a small. It's what's Lionsgate or Summit or some, Summit, I think. So. Summit, yeah. yeah. Is Lionsgate even considered small anymore then? <laughs> they got a new logo that makes it look big, but uh, if anyway. they are large, they're a large piece of garbage. <laughs> <laughs> Chilling words, but uh, all right. Let's uh, <laughs> the next trailer we have is The World's End. This is the new film from director Edgar Wright and star Simon Pegg and. Nick Frost. Uh, this is the, the the third film in the 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 Cornetto trilogy, um, which includes Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz. Cornetto being the ice cream treat that they have in each of those movies, and much easier to convey in England, I guess, the word Cornetto. But uh, here we go. It's uh, this one involves uh, Simon Pegg and a bunch of his friends, including Nick Frost, uh, Bilbo Baggins, what's his name, Martin Freeman. Uh, all these guys, they reunite, they try to go on an epic pub crawl, and something happens in this. Based on the trailer, it looks like some kind of invasion of some kind. Someone dropped something. And, um, yeah, lots of lots of humor I and probably homage-type things ensue. Start with John. John, what do you think of the trailer for The World's End? Um, I, I, I would say, as one of the few people who probably isn't quite as in the tank for... Uh, the movies you kind of reference that that are leading up to this one, Hot Fuzz and whatnot. I think this one holds a lot more promise to me. I, I thought, uh, essentially, this is the kind of trailer where you're just like, after you watch it, you're just like, WTF just happened. You know, you're just like, huh? Because <laughs> it's just, yeah, like you said, it just kind of starts off and it's like, all right, this will just be a, a nice everybody's getting back together for one more pint type of story. Let's see where all our lives went type of deal and said oh wait now there's like crazy alien eye things going on and I, I, but then there was also like some like like crazy burlesque dancing part and like i don't know like i don't even know i feel like you could tell me anything would happen in this movie and i'd be like all right yeah that probably like after seeing that trailer it just looks like uh edgar Wright's gonna go all over the place with it you're a big scott pilgrim fan too though right that's the thing is i love pilgrim i it's so probably like ridiculous of me to be like i like edgar wright when he directs america no. <laughs> <laughs> except scott pilgrim's canadian ah, no. um, north america <laughs> north america no um so yeah i mean uh i'm definitely vibing on the on the trailer it just it just looks like almost like a out of control slapstick crazy time <laughs> <laughs> all right laramie yeah, I am in the tank for both uh, Peg and Frost, and I interviewed Simon Peg on Friday, and I didn't ask him about this. I just wanted to be as name droppy as Aaron. So, <laughs> but I did notice in my research that he said he was best friends with Nick Frost, which I found very interesting. Like, I don't, I, I don't know if I still have best friends, or I, I call it that, or uh, how often do you talk to your best friend? I had all kinds of questions about that too, but they only gave me fifteen minutes, so I had to bail on that and just ask. Uh, Sulu and uh, Scotty questions, unfortunately. So, uh, I like this trailer, yeah. I mean, I like both the preceding films as well, so it's not really a surprise that I would dig this. I think these guys, when they get together, are really funny, and 
thank God it's not Paul too, because Paul was terrible. And it it actually looks like Neighborhood Watch quite a bit to me, but no one saw Neighborhood Watch, so we should be fine. Oh, the watch, the yeah, the watch. Sorry, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I uh, yeah, I I love the Edgar Wright Simon Pegg written features. I'm a huge fan of Shadow of the Dead and Hot Fuzz, and and I love the chemistry between Simon Pegg and Nick Fry, and just the just Edgar Wright in general. I can't wait to see films that he's done. I was surprised how almost under wraps kind of the, the, the premises. Like, Shadow of the Dead, you knew it was a zombie movie, and Hot Fuzz, you knew it was an, an action movie. This one, you get, I guess, I mean, it obviously gives you the idea that something crazy is going on, and it most likely looks like an invasion of the Bodstatters type deal, or, you know, something of that nature, but it doesn't seem like it's overtly playing up what that twist actually is, as opposed to the other movies, so um, I'm, I'm both excited because, hey, it's another one of these, it mixed with intrigued because I, I don't know what to expect necessarily yet, so... I'm really looking forward to that that uh, Franco, uh, what's it called? At the end of the world, or this is the this is the end. This is the end. I'm really looking forward to that. Like that looks really funny. Yeah. Every time I see every time I see new stuff from it, and I'm not trying to, but they keep showing it to me. I'm like, yeah, all right. And what I know about that one, because I was at a was that I was a WonderCon a few weeks ago. They had a panel there. They they talk about how much they plan on ripping into each other's careers. Like they're very <laughs> much they're play, they're very much going to play up the fact that they're playing themselves and ta- and like. The 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 script is very improv imp- improvisationally heavy in terms of like just go after each other so that that gets me really excited for that movie. I enjoy that. I enjoy that action. Yeah, but yeah. So the world's end comes out in August, August twenty third. This is the end, I believe, comes out in June, like middle of June. So. And we shouldn't be worried that every filmmaker is not making things about the end of the world. I'm sure that's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> after Earth. Um, Welcome to Earth. Already made it past the mind calendar. It's all good. <laughs> every 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 day is a bonus. Just like after, <laughs> after Sarah Connor prevented Judgment Day, that's that's the motto I believe. Every every day is a bonus. Um, so yeah, let's move on from my timely T two references and into our movie review for our, The Great Gatsby. I will tell you God's truth. God's truth about myself. I am the son of some very wealthy people. Sadly, they're all dead now. I live in all the capitals of Europe, collecting jewels, hunting big game, painting a little. And came the war, old sport. Every allied government gave me a decoration. Major J. Gatsby for Valor Extraordinary. That's right. Could it all be true? extraordinary sense of hope but I had the uneasy feeling that he was guarding secrets Gatsby I'd like to know who he is and what he does Gatsby what Gatsby my boss Mr. Caraway this is my good friend Mr. Maya Wolfshaw I understand you're looking for a business connection be confidential. You understand? Okay, so that should have been some of the trailer for The Great Gatsby. This is the new film from director Baz Luhrmann, who's adapted the story, of course, from the novel The Great Gatsby by F. Scott Fitzgerald. It stars Leonardo DiCaprio as Jay Gatsby, a man who throws lavish parties but is shrouded in mysteries involving his origins. We soon find out those origins as we learn more about other characters in the film, which include... Toby McGuire as Nick Carraway, a seemingly normal guy who gets thrust into this world of lavish parties as he 
reignites a relationship with his with his cousin, played by Carrie Mulligan. They, you know, they they become friends again, and they start hanging out, and then they start hanging out with Gatsby, and lots of romantic drama eventually ensues as we learn more about uh, Gatsby and uh, and Daisy, the Carrie Mulligan character, along with many others in this film. Let's start with Laramie. Laramie, what did you think of the Great Gatsby? I don't know if I'm going to be the outlier here, but uh, I wrote a review for Laramie.com, which I was able to somehow get. No one had that yet. Uh, <laughs> for Great Gatsby, which I gave it an A minus. I really liked Great Gatsby, and I think it's because of my relationship with the book. And the one thing people have said to me is that the characters are undeveloped, and it's a cheesy love story, and to which I have agreed, because I think that's kind of what the book had as well. I think it had surface level characters. It's a really short book. I don't know if yeah, everyone can... remembers that, but you can read that in an afternoon pretty yeah. easily. And uh, so, yeah, to me, it was it captured the spirit of the book really well, the decadence. And the, the larger point was about the money and the era and the new money and the old money and the just kind of the weirdness before the Great Depression. So to me, I really liked it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. So. John? Uh, I mean, uh, I'm a huge Lerman guy. Uh, I even tried to defend Australia to people. Uh, <laughs> okay, that's unacceptable. <laughs> Beyond the pale. <laughs> but uh anyway, I'm glad uh I'm glad Baz is back to doing Bombast uh and and taking over one of my favorite books ever. Uh I just thought that like this is the greatest, you know, synthesis of like high literature and like ridiculous pop culture. I just actually it's actually gotten better to me as I I've stepped away from it for a few days and I just think uh and it's a compliment for me. It might be a backhanded or diss from others, but I just thought it, to me, it's just like a perfect, like, two hour music video that has a little bit more substance to it. Um, and it, I, the performances don't as, I, I will admit that my enjoyment out of it is because I already do like the source material. And then the other best part to me is, is just how it's shot, how beautiful of a film it is. And, uh, I might get into it a little later, but also just, how the music's used in in this movie, I think, is is better than than almost anything uh, out there before it. So, uh, I I definitely uh, when I initially came out, I was like uh, four out of five probably, but maybe that's just being nice. But now I might elevate it to even a four and a half just because I I continue to 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 kind of think about that world that I was transported to uh, that that Baz put put out there. Will John still love me when I? <laughs> I like that song. That's a good song. I, <laughs> I love I love the soundtrack for this movie, and I I'm happy to be positive about this movie. I'll say you guys give it two A's. I'm giving it a B, but I did enjoy the movie. And what's weird is I had like trouble trying to like decipher my my thoughts on the movie after coming out of it. Like I I knew I wasn't blown away by it, but I certainly really enjoyed it for the most part. But I couldn't pinpoint my issue with and i think it's because i'm not in love with the text i think that's where it comes down to i'm not in love with the great gatsby the source material and i feel like it's representative of how the film plays out for me like the first hour i'm all i'm all on board i love baz's style here i love how it melds with the story and what you're you know supposed to be seeing this is the 20s and you're seeing the lavish the extravagance that gatsby's putting forth along with just that time in general and it works really well and then you get into you know the romantic plot that happens in the second half of the film and it's it does – it reflects both the text and the film that it's, you know, the – I don't really enjoy the female characters here. For what Myrtle's just kind of tossed in, I, I, Isla, Isla Fisher, 
she just she just comes in as Myrtle, just does get much to do. And then you know Daisy, who's obviously the bigger female role here, she's just she's so fickle and irritating to me that it's hard for me to yeah I really mean, get on board with that story. That was one of the and and the big cut. I'd say from from the book over is that they don't do as much with Jordan. Exactly, and that's that's something I'd really praise too, actually, because of I I don't know this Elizabeth Debicki person, but this is like her second film or something. But every time she was on screen, I really enjoyed her. Like I really, I, I liked her presence, and she didn't have much to do. So I mean, if they could have pulled more of that, more of her character back into the story, maybe could have balanced it out better. To me, I'm not sure. But I mean, getting back to the the review in a nutshell. I, I think DiCaprio's great in this movie. I think he makes a great Gatsby. He plays up kind of his movie star image in a Wait, way. He that, makes a great Gatsby, huh? Yeah, you see what I did there? You see what I, I tried to I tried to I tried to subtly work that in while sounding very excited about it. He, he makes a great Gatsby. Did you write it in pen? <laughs> a feathered pen. Um But I th- I think he's very good in this film. I think he he captures what Gatsby needs to be. At the same time, Toby Maguire is both ideally cast but still kind of boring. Like I think Tobey Maguire, when he's not he's the perfect in, Nick Carraway, he's the perfect Nick Carraway because Nick Carraway is a very boring character. So it's like you found Tobey Maguire, great for you. Like that's that's perfect casting. That doesn't make the character any more interesting because he already is inherently not that interesting, at least in for, for me anyway, and at least in the way this film presents him, he's just kind of like, oh, he looks, you know, he gives guffaw looks every now and then and reacts to things while narrating a lot. And uh, and Joel Edgerton, I, he's very much playing the mustached villain in this movie, and doesn't really broaden the character much. But the text doesn't really do so much either. So it's a mix of I really like the style. I like this is the this is certainly the most entertaining version of Gatsby that I've seen compared to the other version, like the '70s version specifically with like Redford. Like that movie's just like, hey, we showed up and did this. But uh, yeah, no, I, I I certainly enjoyed the movie. I just it just didn't completely pull me in, I guess, because of the. I, uh, I guess the, one of the reasons that that I like this movie or the movie's grown on me is that I guess a lot of the reasons I like this movie are like uh, are about direction and about how it's presented. I mean, like you said, I'll be the first to admit that the first half is kind of the riveting part because it's just let's show off every bell and whistle we've got as far as the FX and um, and then in the other part I think is just uh, the other part is that I would I would recommend people listen to the soundtrack a few times before they go into it because I actually colored my uh, enjoyment of it a lot because it's so interestingly mixed as we talked about at the beginning of the the show. Um, they use a lot of contemporary music and it's a lot of contemporary like hip hop that mixes like 1920s jazz samples and so they can kind of like pull and push in and out and like. I just think Baz uses a lot of that fun kind of contradictions. Here's what's new. It's still kind of old type of thing really uh, to a really good effect. The one ding is as much as I love that Lana Del Rey song, they go to it maybe one too many times as a, a little um, musical interlude theme kind of thing over the top of some dialogue. Yeah. Like when she's actually singing, it's pretty great, but they hit it about four times in a row in the next scenes. And it's like, I get what you're doing, but cause like little miss sunshine did this as well with uh, you already know how this will end, but yeah. it's, it's like just one too many times. It's a little too sweet. So, so you're, you're saying you'd like a little bit more uh, jazz trumpet on the, on the scaffold. That's what I was going to. I want more Andre 3000 and Beyonce just crushing it. <laughs> I, crushing it i feel like it does like that's it does kind of hit the and that's you know inherent with kind of baz's style it very much 
it hits some of the same points repeatedly. Like it, like the it goes back to Caraway's narration. So much of things that like I can see on screen and it's happening, and it hit, and it hits a lot of music beats the same, and it hits some of the just the way he he goes back to certain. It, 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 it does like, it feels like it's long when it doesn't need to be like I, it could be the thing the thing you have to give Lerman is he is putting the movie out he wants to put out every time like his decisions are deliberate and they're very Lermanish and that's what he's doing you know he's an auteur because you know what his films look like and you know it's a film even if you don't know he directed it well that's now, kind of the inherent problem I feel like when <laughs> reviewing his movies is it's like it doesn't matter, I feel like, what we say. You A lot of times I feel like it's you, if you've seen Romeo and Juliet and Moulin Rouge, you should see this movie. Like You either buy into it or you don't, in other words. Right. For sure. uh, if you if you already like Orman's style, then I can't, like I don't know why you dislike, I, I'm surprised that this movie is getting the reviews that it has gotten, because it's like, well, what movie did you expect to get out of this? Like, well, if, and, and that might just show that critics aren't uh, a huge fan, and uh, we're probably, we've blown it here by somehow not having somebody who was like, I don't like all the moving stuff, and it's out of control. Well, and, a lot <laughs> of people, a lot of people seem to feel this was an opportunity to show that they read The Great Gatsby. Yeah. And that they had to defend it, but I don't think they got what the Great Gatsby was about. They may have they may have read it, but I don't know that they remember it very well. But they did this. What was the other movie that critics came out and and smashed because of an adaptation where they they simply missed what the movie was about? Um, uh, I can't. Yeah, I mean within the last year or so, I'll try and remember as we go. Okay. But it's just it's a weird thing that uh, people try and honor the source material if a you shouldn't in a movie. It's a it's a movie. You're supposed to see the movie as its own if you can, right? But B, where you can't get away from the source material because it's so huge in a society like this. Hunger Games that, or the Twilight movies? One of those, maybe? Eh, no. No. Uh, um, well, Twilight got dinged for being too close to the source material. I've, and I actually agree with that thing. But um, Gatsby, like, to me, was always a surface-level novel. It was always about the time and not the people. And so to come out and say... But he didn't do the you know love story justice or whatever. It's like, what are we doing here? I mean, who are, who are you defending? Like F. Scott Fitzgerald, he's fine. What's, what's neat is he Glorman's very besides a few omissions, he's very much playing the exact novel on screen. He's adding yeah. a style to it, but it's it is the it's a very it's a very devoted adaptation to the book. And what's neat is and you just you just kind of describe this it that book it given that like we're in a society where we have blockbuster movies now that book is it's less of Fitzgerald's maybe his greater work and more of just like his his version of a blockbuster of his kind of writing. Oh, and, I know, I know when it sort of happened was, um, and you can not like this movie, it's fine, uh, Extre- incredibly loud and extremely loud and incredibly close. But where their review came down was pro nine eleven, which is about the least controversial stance you can take. <laughs> you know, what I mean, or pro like the victims of nine eleven and anti terrorism. It's like, well, yeah, de facto everyone is for the things you're talking about, but that has nothing to do with the movie. Like. Talk about the quality of the movie, what it made you feel, blah, blah, blah. But people seem to take these things to, like, pontificate on other subjects, which to me is kind of silly, a little ridiculous. Um, anyway, rant yeah. over. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, Gatsby, th- that book is like it's like, the, it's like a blockbuster of its time in terms of the story that it's telling. It's not about something deeper. It's more about, hey, this is what's going on right now with these 20s, and here's a romantic plot to put on top of it. And this movie, to it, which what's neat is it's coming out in the middle of the summer it got not in the middle but it's coming out at the beginning of the summer and it feels like a blockbuster film that just happens to be a you know a romance character drama 
which yep. is it's an it's an interesting form of counter programming. Like it's instead of being you know another Iron Man or another Star Trek, which we have you know sandwiched around this movie, we have a spectacle film for sure, but one that's focused on Leonardo DiCaprio trying to get with some girl that he was with before World War One. <laughs> like, yeah, it's more it's kind of the movie version of uh You So Crazy like that. I mean, <laughs> so I think that's Tyler Perry presents You So Crazy. Which I saw Peoples. That's what I forgot to mention. <laughs> I saw Peoples. I went and saw Peoples. I was the only person in the theater for Peoples. You're the only people in the people? I was the one. I was the chosen I I'm the only person who's in Seattle, I can guarantee you, who saw Peoples on Thursday night at ten PM because it was the only place it was shine. Uh, what, what, what was how, what was what was Meet I, the Black, how was Meet the Black Parents? How was that? I reviewed it for film.com. Surprisingly, not terrible. And I don't know if this is an expectations thing. It's like you go in thinking, oh, I'm just doomed. I gave it, uh, I think, a 6.5 out of 10, which equates to like a C plus in the grading scale over there. Okay. And I gave it a fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, it could have been way worse. I mean, it had all these terrible romantic comedy tropes. But in between those were well-acted, funny lines. I laughed. And I'm by myself and I laughed like a dozen cats. times. Yeah, like what uh, Carrie Washington and Craig Robinson are both so likable that you're like, yeah, I, I'll go along with this. This kind of works. So, and I, I heard it got like did make zero money and got savaged by critics. And I don't, again, I don't know what I don't know. I hate critics. Whatever. I'm a critic. And I hate them. Uh, you, you wrote the book. On I wrote the book called Film Critic, and I still have real problems with critics. Yeah, people's got a 38 percent, which is ridiculous. Like. If you like, there's so many movies that are so much worse than this. Maybe they're just missing them. Maybe they're not going to movie 43 or a scary movie five. You know, they're just not seeing the actual bad movies in the world. Getting uh, getting back to Gatsby. Yeah. Um, what else we got? Um, who saw it in 3D? Everyone's seen it in 3D. I, I know. I think you, you had to. Right? I, you I, had was, to. Yeah. I actually was bummed out. I didn't see it in 3D. Oh. I realized that it wasn't going to be a 3D showing, but I went with a giant group of friends on the on a Thursday night screen, and it was like, oh, it's not in 3D. So I'm. A, I've heard it's good in 3D. I don't know what you guys thought. I hate 3D as a concept. Like, I, I don't think they did anything special with the 3D here. Do you? I. I will say. Because it was shot in 3D, and sure, yeah, the, yeah. the way Baz's style works, where the movie practically looks 3D without being in 3D, like if they released, I would not be surprised if they re-released Moulin Rouge in 3D at this point. But it's like, well, yeah, like sorry. Moulin Rouge felt like it was in 3D. Like that, and that's what I'm saying. That movie's already coming at you. This movie, it's there, and it's certainly like I don't. It, it, it wasn't unnoticeable. I will say that. Like, it's not like Iron Man three where it's just terrible, or it actually hinders the movie in some spots because of how dark that movie is. And like, oh yeah, by the way, here's some screen doors to put in your face. But like this movie. It it works in the same way that like you're having you're already having like a CG a CG realized New York City. It's just kind of part of it for me. It's not something that took away from it. It's not something that distracted me. It's just something that seems like a part of the movie. That's one it. thing that probably hurt me with it was the fact that they had to restart my movie three times because <laughs> of the 3D. And it's like, why are you doing this? We started half an hour late and it didn't work the first two times. And it's just like, why are we going an extra mile to make the experience worse for people? You know, and, and charging them more for it. That's the only thing. I I just as a medium, I don't think 3D is great, but I I will say I will agree with you that the 3D was done well. You know, against context here. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm a person. I'm a person that loves 3D for Hugo and Avatar and Life of Pi. I think those are the best examples of Life of Pi used. I was curious because I thought uh, another auteur, if you will, or somebody who's got good exactly. street yeah. cred. Mm -hmm. uh it w was sam raimi um and i thought wizard of oz was uh especially because i saw life of pi and wizard of oz like the last two 3d movies i saw and i was going to be like oh man maybe we're figuring 3d out and that's why i was kind of bummed i didn't see this one in 3d because i wondered and, and especially not seeing it 
uh, I could tell moments where probably 3D was happening. But he has or, a lot of those shots that like dive bomb into the city, and I'm right. like, all right, that's I'm on Star Tours now apparently, but that's great. Like that's, <laughs> but yeah, I mean it. It, it didn't disservice my my Larry Larry. I think it's commendable for the movie that you still gave it like an A minus after yeah, after yeah. like waiting another half hour for it to start in a format that you don't like, and it's a two yeah. and a half hour movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, so, and I thought uh, Carrie Mulligan, though I think you both touched on the character being a little disappointing and capricious, uh, but like women are. No, uh, <laughs> I say that as a happily married man, of course. Um, I thought she was perfect for the part. You know, and I, no, know I thought was, casting. That hit a jackpot with her. When she was casted for that, I thought she was perfect for Daisy, and I still do. Yeah, and they had quite the, uh, I mean, quite the running for that particular part. I mean, it's such an iconic part that there were huge name uh, actresses out there really vying for it. And I thought she was she was great because she did the vulnerable stuff really well. She did the flighty stuff really well. She did, you know, all the things that you needed to kind of in a short period of time vacillate such a big range i thought she uh thought she did really well with that my little shack's just a cardboard box at 80 a month your life is adorable i know somebody in west air i don't know a single person that side of the bay oh you must know gatsby gatsby what gatsby and did you guys know the DiCaprio, um, Tobey Maguire backstory, which I had no idea about until after? They're you mean that they're best bros? bros yeah, yeah, I didn't they know both, that. They both do yeah. a charity work together, <laughs> don't they? Like, Isn't that, they've been friends since they were like eight or something. Like, that blew my mind. So, again, that kind of makes sense casting-wise because Gatsby is DiCaprio in a sense that he's just this larger-than-life iconic star. Meanwhile, Maguire has been always doing smaller things and can never quite get out of that shadow, you know, of his of his best friend. Let's say so. That's that's strange. He was Spider Man. I mean, he, I mean, yeah, but got a billion dollar franchise. He was, was he? And, <laughs> he was singing and dancing. I mean, come on. <laughs> uh, I love that part of within Spider Man too, where he has that umbrella and he's jumping back and forth on the sidewalk. Just ridiculous. <laughs> but, I mean, uh, the reason I like Gatsby a lot, and I thought that this illustration enhance that is because i just i'm a big fan of like sad decadence <laughs> and i just think i am too yeah <laughs> i just love and it's in when it's like colored in this manner it's so great uh to just like there's just it, it's it bringing up a lot of fun but being like man this just doesn't like feel right either like it's fun um i think tabiki has that that great line is jordan which i was probably right out of the book where she says you know i love parties they're so intimate i hate small gatherings they're so non-intimate no no you can't get any privacy yeah, yeah. Exactly. Really wants, no. <laughs> i was i was uh texting back and forth with a, a friend who had seen uh gatsby last night and I was saying, like, one of the lines I use in my review is, I like Joe Black. And I think, like, if you don't like Joe Black, you probably won't like this. Because to me, I like that, like, opulent, desperate yearning. Like, I think that's a cool theme that it's not done very often. And so, you know, you could make that into a negative, too. You could be like, well, that's very silly, the rich people problems. But to me, like, it, it really worked in Joe Black, and it worked here. So, Yeah, I would say, looking back, though, I bought, I definitely bought into the over-the-top romance of some of his past movies a little bit more. Um, like all, it was kind of like, the, to me, the book is much more subtle <laughs> and kind of like casual about things. And this one definitely kind of tried to illustrate through song, through flashbacks, whatever have you, 
like some level of like almost, you know, Capulets versus the Monahues extreme kind of feel to it. Um, and maybe that part didn't quite work as well. Uh, I, w- I will say that I, I just watched Moulin Rouge for the first time this week. I had never seen it before. And and I watched it a day before I saw Gatsby, and I, maybe that could have contributed to why it wasn't as huge on Gatsby as I wish I would have. I, I really wanted to like this movie quite a bit, but I just you know had some kind of things that took away from it. But maybe that could have contributed because I think Moulin Rouge. I was surprised how like into that movie I was. I was really engaged by everything going on, and it. it was just like I was. Serious question: Did yeah. you Google consumption at one point during that? Because I know I did. I know it. No, I know what consumption is. It's, oh, you already knew. Wow, it's, look it's at burnt. you. Oh, history major. Uh, yeah, tuberculosis. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but um, I, you know, I was really taken aback by how much I enjoyed Moulin Rouge, and maybe that was like, well, that movie was so like, and then this movie, Lerman's almost being somewhat restrained in his style, even though he's still fitting exactly what I expected of a, a Baz Luhrmann joint set in the 1920s. Uh, I thought it was fun. Uh, we talk about what you know, some of the limitations of, you know, maybe cutting some corners from the book or something. I thought one of the the good things he did was uh, all sorts of little subtle shots at, like, 1920s New York life. Um, There's one scene in particular that I think got a pretty pretty good chuckle and kind of a nice job, Boz, is uh, they're going down a bridge, and they go by a car and, and, like, Jay-Z is playing, and it's a bunch of uh, African-Americans, like, H dancing the, on H a truck. Izzo, H to the and Izzo. Then they go by, <laughs> and they go by, and, like, it's a it's an old curmudgeon like, white guy driving them. And, like, and there's, all, there's all sorts of little subtle sh- uh, shots like that that are kind of interesting that Boz decided to kind of include in there. And clearly the have-have-not thing is pretty big now. I mean, it's something our our culture is facing pretty heavily at this point, the disparate wealth levels. And there it was kind of obvious too. I mean, you had the bad part of town, quote unquote, where basically the rich people went and trolled to exploit people, you know, and, and then you've got the parties that, well, I mean, come on, they're also, (laughs) they're also getting affairs with it too. Um, so, and then you've got these giant parties, but then there's a difference between new money and old money, you know, and I don't think that's quite the case anymore, but there's certainly a difference between CEO money and everybody else, you know, so Mm -hmm. I I thought that was interesting. Also, that little kid that plays young Leo DiCaprio. Pretty good. Spitting, spitting image, I would say. I was, <laughs> I was thrown aback, but I was like, wait, is that DiCaprio? Did they de-age him? I was going to say, did there's they been bench- so many movies that I've just like tried to CGI the old actor onto his young self. I was glad they actually cast they, different people. They, I was like, did they Benjamin Button this or what? Like, but, <laughs> but between this and like young Brad Pitt and Moneyball, I was like, wow, they're doing a good job of getting young people to play these actors. <laughs> but um, all right. I, any other thoughts on Gatsby before we wrap up the, the old review here? No. I think I'm good. Yeah. All right, then uh, let's get to our rating. Each week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we try to rate films based on when you should go and see them, and we have a scale that goes from IMAX to theater to dollar theater, Netflix, HBO TV, or just kind of forget about it. How did I start Laramie? Where on that scale would you put The Great Gatsby? Yeah, I'd say see it in IMAX. It's such a big film that it's probably going to – you're probably going to do it at a service seeing it at home or on a little laptop screen. So I'd see it in the theater, yeah. John? Uh, I mean – Maybe the IMAX rating, but probably a very enthusiastic see it in theater instead. Awesome. Yeah, I would say I would say theater as well, especially if you if you if you like Gatsby and you like Baz Luhrmann, then these two things 
go together like things that go together. So there you go. <laughs> the, um, uh, good, good combination. And I would recommend it. If you have some kind of aversion to contemporary music in a period film, then you're screwed. Uh, yeah, yeah. Then you're going to be like, Oh, what did I get into? Why did I not pay attention to any of the marketing for this movie? But yeah. go, go like that, <laughs> you know, go $1 copy of, of an old Baz, Baz film. And, and if you like that one, then, then go see this one. Yeah, watch like five minutes of Australia and then be like, all right, I can, yeah. And then go with well, the even the trailers here are totally expository and tell you exactly what the film is. So. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's move on to movie callback, 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 where we discuss a couple films that relate in some way to the main feature of the week. There are some obvious ones I feel here already, but I will begin. Les Miserables came to mind. The most recent Les Miserables, just in terms of, hey, here's a big adaptation of a classic thing. Here it is on screen. And then, uh, yeah, other Lerman films in Australia actually did come to mind because I was – that's a movie I also kind of enjoyed, like, the first 45 minutes of it quite a bit because it was just over-the-top Lerman style. And then it was like, hey, now there's all this other stuff going on. <laughs> less, less yeah, I didn't even think it was that much of a Lerman movie. I thought that's the most just, like, him doing uh, – I don't know. You watch, game, the, you, watch like, numbers. you watch, like, the first hour of Australia and you see, like, Nicole Kidman making, like, giant wide eyes at, like, cows running at her. It's like, well, this is over-the-top. <laughs> John, any uh, movies come to mind? Uh, just just in general, or? That, re- that relate to Gatsby that you thought of involving Gatsby. Gosh, I I I don't know. Like obviously the Baz ones, but uh, uh, I mean uh, over the I mean, I mean really I think Wizard of Oz was uh, this year's Wizard is kind of a, a contemporary and and what it attempts to do in, in creating a world. Um, and I I I think. With all the technology and stuff, that those two movies have kind of done a good job of creating some sort of, you know, colorful. Uh, like you said, it was a fake New York, fake Oz, obviously. So, uh, you know, but but on the one hand, you know, the, was it any good or not? I, I still don't know if I like Wizard of Oz or not. <laughs> Oz, Oz the Great and Powerful. I know. I should say the actual title, shouldn't I? <laughs> you know, we didn't emphasize Greg Gatsby's production values enough. I don't think that movie looks amazing. Like, there's no, there's no question about this. That movie, like the the lavishness, the fabric budget, it looks amazing. It's a fantastic looking movie. Yep. Uh, Laramie, any uh, movies come to mind? What I called it, and I'm ready for this segment because I <laughs> wrote this in my review. Eyes Wide Shut meets The Talented Mr. Ripley Boom. meets. Great expectations. Boom, boom. You know, you've got the unrequited aspect. You've got the guy um, pretending to be someone he's not. And you've got this weird kind of sexual tension throughout in these huge, opulent settings. So besides Meet Joe Black, I would throw out those three films. That's Those are good. That's a good call. I, mean, I like, I like that, that meeting. I just sat around and thought about that for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, that was what we call back, call back, call back. We, um, let's get to box office results. Each week we try to go over the box office totals and find out if our previous predictions are anywhere close to what actually happened. Last week on the show, Brandon predicted Gatsby would get second place of 35. Uh, Jermaine Lucier predicted second place of 38 million. I went the highest and said second place of 41 million. Not even I could, I win though, because I was under, but not even I could match the, the results for Gatsby, which came in first, which, first place, which came in second place with 51 million dollars. And, uh, 
Laramie, you got any words on the box office this week? Yeah, I mean, Gatsby clearly overperformed. Um, they're saying that budget comes in at 105. I think that's based on quite a lot of tax subsidies and rebates from filming um, in Australia. Yeah, exactly. So 105 is a delicious budget for them, given they should do, you know, if you do 50 to start with, you can basically make that 150 domestic and then uh, internationally. I think it'll play great internationally. You know, big spectacle films should do at least a two-to-one multiplier overseas, I want to say. And you look – I mean, this is basically a Bollywood film on some levels, right? So <laughs> I think it'll I think it'll play overseas, and I think they've got to be really happy with the result. Um, and Iron Man 3 fell about what everyone expected. It was between Iron Man 1 and 2. Two fell more, not as good a film. One fell less because it was kind of a novelty. And, uh, I mean, obviously they're going to make a billion dollars there and be very happy. Peoples did terribly, and I don't know – I don't know why that was the case, but – Maybe lack of marketing. Yeah, people, people people don't love David Alan Greer as much as they love that Joel Edgerton supporting roles. I guess. So, Who knew? Yeah. All right. yeah, it was good. It was good box office vindication. I think for oh for, yeah, for sure. Like it's. I mean, people. I feel like you kind of forget that, like especially like the you know what the twenty five to thirty five set right now. Like we all grew up with some of the, those earlier films we kind of talked about and have kind of like, I think like much like uh, Wes Anderson and a few of those other guys, it's like, we're just, we're going to go see them. If it looks very bossy, we're going to go see it. And I think that they kind of underestimated. I think the, they underestimated that sect of people that will go see that wanted badly to see this movie and was one of their more, look forward to movies and then well, everyone's everyone's read Gatsby too like they're all from I mean for the most peaking on a general level everyone's familiar with that story to an extent like it's a familiar property going in with complete with you know a DiCaprio and, and but types. I mean if you look at Baz Luhrmann openings they're really really slight Australia opened at 14 million Mulan opened around 11 once it got wide Romeo 11 as well so this is for him it's a Fantastic. Oh, yeah, it's a, it's a huge win, but I mean, you're also putting on DiCaprio, putting on to- Tobey Maguire to an extent. I mean, they, and, you know, it's a, coming out in the middle of the summer. It, lo- it looks. Well, it, it, it was plagued by kind of like a weird aura of negativity. Like, yeah, it got, yeah. it got bumped. It was supposed yeah. to come out a long time ago. They bumped it here, and it's like, oh, did they do that? Cause it's falling apart. And then, you know, like you said, the reviewers have, have pretty much at least kind of been muted or, you yeah. know, I said, does that, there's not a lot of like critical buzz, so it's like all basically just people who I feel like the buzz and and the the positive vibes going into it were only the people who wanted to go really see wanted it. to see it, and apparently there were a lot of them. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, yeah, no, I'm certainly not downplaying that it's a surprise. It is a surprise, especially for like a second week summer movie, because you know that generally doesn't do well. Like it's you always have your front your front your first movie of the summer that like opens huge, and then that next movie comes out, and you're like, hey, that's around, and so it's. It's very rare that something like this would bump to that high. Like, I think the last one to do it maybe was, like, Star Trek back in 09, right? Like, in terms of that second week summer movie. Like, what else happened? Like, For comparison's sake, Australia did 50 domestic, 161 international. So I don't think they are out of bounds hoping for that result this time. Cool. All right, let's move on. uh, It's it's that time. It's time for some games. All of that. That's the improv theme for games, of course. And I have a game this week for you guys to participate in. It is one of my favorite games, WMMD, which made more dough. 
this is the game where I put two movies against each other, and you have to determine which of those movies made more money at the box office. So, Laramie, get off box office mojo right now, because we're going to play this game. I'm off. Is it domestic or international or worldwide? It's just domestic. Just domestic, okay. Just domestic, non-adjusted for inflation. Cool. Okay, so the theme for this week's WMMDs is summer dramas. These are dra- dramatic films that came out during the summer, any uh-huh. summer. So here we go. Here's the first one, and you just you, both of you just respond to which one you think made more dough. And I'll, I'm supposed to make a, a no, 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 no numbers, out. no numbers, just one. Okay, whatever you want. <laughs> okay, here we go. Here's the first one: A League of Their Own or Road to Perdition. A, a League of Their Own. <laughs> I think you got. I, I've got to believe that it wasn't a slow gainer and it, it came out hot. League of Their Own. A League of Their Own made 107. Road to Perdition made 104. League of Their Own. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Close. Wow, it's amazing Close. that both those movies made so much on their first weekend, though. Not I first guess. weekend. It's the, it's totals overall. Yeah, oh, they were long. Yeah, 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 they were long bleeds on all of them, I bet. Yeah, Edit out my stupidity. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> both Tom Hanks movies, separated by almost 10 years, I think. Maybe exactly 10 years. Uh, Road go. to Perdition was such a pretty movie. Yeah. I love that one. Yeah. Yeah. Love that Jude Law in that movie. So creepy. Here we go. <laughs> Here's the next one. The Perfect Storm or Apollo 13. Hmm. I'm gonna go Apollo 13 here. I think. I think I'm gonna. Oh man, I'm gonna go Perfect Storm. The Perfect Storm made 182. Apollo 13 made 173. Oh man, he crushed into that one. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. Whoa, that. Whoa, whoa, I remember much like the wave crushed that boat. The only thing I remember was Perfect Storm doing way better than I ever thought it would do, and I think that's why I went with it. The only thing I remember is Mary Elizabeth. the trailer with a giant wave is there, like, ah. I, I, The only thing I remember is Mary Elizabeth Monstrano being, the, the storms have collided! That's not what <laughs> makes sense. Um, let's see, what else do I got? Next, next one. Public Enemies or Unforgiven? <laughs> <laughs> this is hard. Uh, public Enemies? <laughs> Public Enemies didn't make squat, as I recall. So I'm going to go Unforgiven, even though inflation is going to kill me on this. There's no inflation. It's all. I know. That's what I mean. Like, I could use inflation. Oh, you could use inflation. <laughs> I'll take Unforgiven. John? Oh, I said Public Enemies. I don't feel great about it, though. Okay. Public Enemies made 97 mil. Unforgiven made 101 mil. Yay! <laughs> I was an unconfident public enemy. I'm just trying to be combative so somebody wins. <laughs> it's work. It helps. I don't like ties. I'm curious. What you're public... not first, you're last. I mean... <laughs> Robin's racing. Let's see. Public enemies, by the way. Worldwide, 214. Made more foreign. Public enemy. I guess that, that debt factor. The depper. <laughs> the depper does it for people. Um, and Christian Bale going, I gotta get that guy! That's, that was probably, I think that's what he did. I haven't, I haven't seen it since theaters. Um, let's see, here's the next one. Field of Dreams or Open Range, Kevin Costner edition. That's gotta be Field of Dreams. Yeah, Field of Dreams. Even though it feels like a trick question, but. Field of Dreams made 64 mil, Open Range made 58 mil. Thank God. (laughs) Here's the next one. Empowered Women edition. Thelma and Louise versus G.I. Jane. I'm going to go G.I. Jane because it was a bigger summer movie. Yeah, I think G.I. Jane. Thelma could have been a slow roller with all those, all its acclaim. Um, Thelma and Louise made 45. G.I. Jane made 48. I'm crushing this segment. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the next one. Uh, Lou Diamond Phillips edition. Courage Under Fire versus oh. La Bamba. 
Because mm, it's domestic, I'll go Courage Under Fire. For fun, I'll go La Bamba. Courage Under Fire made 59 mil. La Bamba made 54 mil. Dang it! <laughs> I cannot Anytime lose. Anytime I go get you, just don't go against Laramie in this game. <laughs> Necesito, the Puerto de Glacia. I've done it like eight years of box office predictions, but <laughs> I've I've looked up a lot of these movies in my life. Uh, I've done at least three minutes of box office. For, so I, I very much chose this game on purpose. I'm curious to see if the amateur versus the expert can do this. Um, here we go. Cooper condition. Full Metal Jacket versus Eyes Wide Shut. Hmm. Full Metal Jacket. I think you're right. I think Eyes Wide Shut. I mean, it didn't do well at all. So I'll go full a Full Metal Jacket as well. Full Metal Jacket made 46 mil. Eyes Wide Shut made 55 mil. Oh! We went down. I get the point on that one. Inflation <laughs> would have helped us quite a bit there, by the way. Yeah, I'm aware. <laughs> About 25 years of inflation. Eyes Wide Shut made 162 worldwide. Had a 2 to 1, a two to one a worldwide going. So. Yeah, you'll find that movies no one understands do actually do better overseas because they don't. ESL is, you know, they don't care what it means. So. Two hours, 40 minutes, by the way. People wanted they wanted to see Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise's butt in that movie, so they went they went for it, regardless if they understood what was going on. Here we go, next one. Contact or Phenomenon? Do, 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 do. I think Phenomenon was a summer movie, and I think Contact was a winter movie. No, they're both, no, they're both summer movies. Oh, really? I've ch- chosen no. all these specifically. They're both I'm summer. going Phenomenon. It's a slam dunk. I mean, I'll go Contact. You're saying you're willing to die for this, which you believe in. <laughs> I'll, go, yeah, I'll go contact. <laughs> yeah, contact came out in July. July 11th. Um, let's see. Contact made 100. Phenomenon made 104. Oh! <laughs> Devastating. <laughs> Devastating. 70 mil on the foreign. Too, too, too heady. Too heady for them. On the, yeah. For a, for a um, what's his name? Baba, Bob Zemeckis joint. Curious what? One zero run. Phenomenon. I can't spell phenomenon. Apparently. Streaky. Trying to see what phenomenon did overseas, and I cannot spell the word. Hold on. <laughs> what do we got here? Phenomenon. If I could change the one fifty two. Inescapable that trailer was. John Travolta yep. doing stuff. Here we go. The Notebook or the Horse Whisperer. No. Notebook. Oh, Buck. Although Notebook didn't didn't make as much as you think. None of the Sparks things do, but I'll take the Notebook. Notebook still is like the highest one, I think, from Spain. Yeah. It has to be, right? Because it's certainly not safe haven. Um, Notebook made 81. How Horse Whisperer featuring ScarJo. Um, 75. Boom. Yep, Back on track. Here's the last one. Sam Jackson edition. A Time to Kill versus Inglorious Bastards. Bastards. Although it did much better internationally, mm, just because we have to, we have to have another opportunity for me to gloat. I'll, I'll take, I'll take time to kill. Yes, I deserve to die, and I hope you burn in hell. It's one oh eight for time to kill versus one twenty bastards. Yeah, I was... What you get? <laughs> That's what you get? You freaking come. Problem is, is, I can't win. I can only win if I go different than him. So better not miss. Better not miss. Well, that was the last one. Um, but, John, you put up a commendable effort. Laramie, however, has won WMMDs this week. Yay! Nailed it. I like that game. That's a fun. I like playing that game. <laughs> it's just so fun. Um, 
So yeah, let's that's that's games. Let's move on to Out Now presents what's out now. These are movies that are coming out on DVD and Blu-ray this week. Um, Cloud Atlas comes out on Blu-ray and DVD. I like Cloud Atlas. Larry, you like Cloud Atlas? Right? Uh, I like parts of it. Yeah. Right. Um. John, you have not seen. You want to read the book first, or you have? I know. I actually own the book. It's on my. It's third in the queue for my book reading. It looks good, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Yeah. Well, I certainly recommend it. Uh, Texas Chainsaw 3D comes out this week. I don't stop cheering so hard, guys. Okay, it's come on. It's just Texas Chainsaw. The movie. I did, Larry, you, you don't see the horrors, so I doubt you saw this no. movie. Texas, Cha- Texas Chainsaw is hilarious because the movie literally cannot do math. That's what I, that's that's that was <laughs> that's how it came out. The movie it begins in the seventies, features a baby, and then takes place in current times where that baby has grown up to be a whopping twenty years old. It's amazing how that somehow managed to get by anybody, but it happened. It's called uh, movie magic. That's <laughs> what movie magic. Um, but yeah, that that happens too. So if you, you know, if you feel like punishing yourself, go for it. Um, let's see. What's going on now? Next week. Next week. We're uh, trying to talk about Star Trek Into Darkness. That's, you know, big Star Trek movie, big Star Trek sequel coming out. I think people will see that. Yeah, like, I think a few people. Uh, yeah. Cumberbatch! Benedict Timothy Carlton Cumberbatch. He's that British. He's in that movie. And uh, so, yeah, let's get to, uh, let's uh, let's do a little little box office predicting what we think Star Trek Into Darkness is going to do next weekend. What did the first, you know this offhand, Laramie? What did that start? I think it's 70-something. Star Trek. And see. 75, yep. There we go. So I will take this one at 93. I like a sequel bump here of about 20%. I assume that's first place. Very <laughs> surprised. Yeah, 93 will e- easily win. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, John, any thoughts? It's intriguing. Like, the whole Iron Man 3 going gangbusters is kind of like made me curious to see how this one does. Uh, I think that's off Avengers, though. That's my theory there. I don't think that's off Iron Man 2. Yeah, and the other problem is is this has to compete against Gatsby and Iron Man 3, so it's harder to open Giant when you've got a lot of competition going. Uh, I'll, I'll casually say, I think, I think, it, I think it gets, a, I'll say 101. 101. Nice. It's pretty casual. Big number, though. Yeah. <laughs> um... I'm gonna go a little lower. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a, a strong strong 83. Let's say a strong 83 in the first place. Give it a nice eight million bump, I guess. The the natural bump for any any big sequel. They're getting the 3D dollars, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Yeah, they're getting yeah. those. Got to get them 3D bucks. So epically conversion. What? Sorry. Is it a conversion? It. Yes. Is it? Yes, it is yeah. a conversion. How are they allowed to do that? I went on a rant this week, uh, like. We do a, a paper rant that usually has substance, but since my editor wasn't there and I, I did my rant on 3D because I don't know. I was like, I don't know whether I missed out if by not seeing Gatsby in 3D or not. And it's like, we either need to like have everybody do as good a life as pie, life of pie or, or stop it. <laughs> I, I thought by rant you meant you were going to talk about who were the ad wizards that came up with that one, but you didn't go there. So it's all right. <laughs> um, let's, uh, that's it. That's that's it. That's it. That's gonna do it this week, Brown Now for Internet. We've we've covered we've covered everything, guys. And uh, so yeah, you can find more of my work on my personal blog, thecodezeek.com, where you can find all my written movie reviews, as well as at wisetheblue.com, where you can find all my blue reviews, as well as my coverage for uh, things I've done recently. The Newport Beach Film Festival happened, and I'm gonna cover the stuff that I saw at the Hero Complex Film Festival. So that's all gonna be there. You can also find me at twittercom slash 3 Uh, John. 
Uh, I mean, you can if you're interested in local Long Beach news, you can find me at gazettes.com. Uh, otherwise, uh, you know, you can find me. Uh, Twitter. Yeah. You're on Twitter, are you? You're on the oh, Twitter. I guess I am. I do random basketball and retweets. So that's pretty much it. Unlike these guys, I don't have much to sell, so I'll, I'll just yield the floor to you guys. You guys do your thing. All right, Laramie? Uh, Twitter, of course, dot com, Laramie, L-A-R-E-M-Y. Also, Laramie.com by the same spelling. If you want to sign up for a very funky newsletter, just Laramie.com slash email. And I'm currently working on the sequel, the film critic, tentatively called Film Critic 2, the contractually obligated sequel. Uh, I thought it was going to be Film Critic Harder. It was going to be Film Critic Empire Strikes Back until I realized they would just sue me into oblivion for that. Yeah. Or um, the film critic, the critiquing. The critic, who, the electric boogaloo critic. Damn, I was about to say that. Yeah. <laughs> now I can't be witty. Or, or like a prequel book, Film Critic, the Great and Powerful. <laughs> it would totally work. It's all about Ebert. Um, yeah. Film critic in 3D. <laughs> I will totally post-convert it. Don't think I won't. I don't want you shooting in 3D, don't you? <laughs> no, too expensive. Um, yeah, so you can, find all, you can find, well, some of the episodes for now of Out Now, Fair Internet on iTunes. We're, we're getting that back. But you can find, they're all on my blog as well. And you can find most of the newest episodes at outnow.potomatic.com and some exclusive stuff. HHWLOD.com, you can find most of the, you can find our show there along with the other shows on that network. Out Now YouTube page, uh, just you know, search out now. You have you can find just the review segments of the show there. Um, outnowpodcast at gmail dot com, facebook dot com slash outnowpodcast, twitter dot com slash outnow underscore podcast. You can follow, like, and email to all of those pages. Let us know what you thought of the Great Gatsby, the summer in general. We did actually just release our summer gamble episode. Me, myself, Abe, and many other friends of the show, Mark Maxwell, and uh, Alan. We all we we predict what we think will be the biggest hits of the summer. So that's that's up there right now, and that's uh, that's a fun episode. And yeah, the contest I mentioned earlier, make a, create us a banner. That'd be sweet. Favorite Star Trek character and why? Send us your answers. You, you could win prizes. It's very easy to win on the show. And lastly, iTunes reviews and ratings. It will, will help us to get back to our, our status quo, where we like it, where we were happening, where we where we enjoyed it, if you you know give us a little hand on there. But uh, John, Laramie, thank you for coming on to the show today. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, for sure. Great. And, um, yeah, um, stay tuned, guys. I believe Abe and I might be talking a little more about The Great Gatsby after the, the first break here. But until next time, so long and goodbye.
Hey, hey! That's my hey. That's my crush with the clown. Apparently, um, we're back. <laughs> you have to smoke like fifty more cigars first. I do, but I, I can't. Anyway, we're back. This is more of us. Actually, it's more of me. And now Abe is joining me. Hey, Abe. Hey, Aaron. What's going on? Oh, you know, we just just finished up talking about the Great Gatsby with Laramie and Jonathan, and that was fun. But now I've decided to lower my standards and talk to you about it. Well, what can I say, man? Two dollar hookers is not what I'm all about because that's illegal. What a what a weird thing to say, but yeah, it's anyway. illegal. <laughs> anyway, let's get to some Great Gatsby talk. I guess we can say that this will be more spoiler heavy, although I don't know how much you can actually spoil the Great Gatsby. Not a whole lot, probably. One of, one of the most read books of all time. But started yeah, um, reading in like tenth grade English. Yeah. But regardless, we'll, we'll we'll get to your thoughts on The Great Gatsby, and then we'll just, you know, if we have anything more to add to that, we'll we'll do so. So, Abe, what did you think of Baz Luhrmann's The Great Gatsby 3D? Uh, I thought it was okay. Uh, not great. I was actually kind of bored by it. Um, but I thought the performances were strong, especially by Leo um, and also by Joel Edgerton. Um, but, you know, it, it's something that I was never a huge fan of uh in high school, in terms of the book, and also even the Robert Redford movie, I think it's Robert Redford. It's Robert Redford. That that that's a boring movie. Yeah, and uh, I remember like the part where like you know his mistress like punches the glass and just eats her hand with all this blood on it. Um, so I again, I wasn't a huge like I wasn't super enthralled by it. I was actually kind of bummed out that it wasn't didn't. I don't know if it didn't feel Baz Luhrmanny enough for me, um, which is a which is something strange to say. I would I would say that um, an Adam Gentry friend of the show he kind of he he kind of noted this as well. It's more restrained than you would expect from Baz Luhrmann. Who? Yeah, I guess that's a, that's kind rich. of yeah, that's exactly I guess the the way that you would characterize it because you know you see you've seen his work before. It's kind of over the top. Uh, you know, very um, you know even in Romeo plus Juliet. Where, where uh, equals something great. I think that's the <laughs> equals some kind of calculus. But uh, when Tybalt, you know, John Leguizamo, like he goes down on <laughs> his knees. He equals us. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I love that song. I had to, I had to bring. I had to, I had to tie it together. <laughs> but you know, Leguizamo is like rolling down his guns, and he's just like super slow mo, fast mo, and it's like, oh wow, this is stylish. Um, even in uh, Moulin Rouge, and but in this one. Not a whole lot in the 3D. I think that it wasn't uh, it wasn't fantastic in 3D. There were just a few scenes that were cool, but yeah, it, it just it kind of felt as though it wasn't really uh, his. Uh, it didn't have a, a huge touch of his style. But you know, what were you? What did you guys? Uh, well, yeah, I don't. I'm trying. I don't want to try to you know to to do too much repeating of the same points that I've already made for right. the listeners that are still in. But I will say that I mean I. I agree with you to an extent. I did, I did. I enjoyed it. I I wouldn't say I'm like a huge fan of it, not compared to John Laramie, but I I enjoy I enjoyed the film, and I would say that the first hour I thought was pure Lerman making that really making the story really pop using his style, and then it does kick into the kind of romantic melodrama going on in the, in the second you know half of the movie with these characters with Daisy and Gatsby. And yeah, I was it was less interesting to me, which is the same that I could say about the basic text. I'm also not a, a huge fan of the book. So the problems inherent with the story are already there in place. So and because Lerman stuck very closely to the material, it, yeah. you know, it's the same kind of issues present themselves. That said, I mean I do yeah, I do appreciate DiCaprio very much. I've already pointed out um the, the character Jordan played by Elizabeth Debicki. I really liked her despite her limited role because she just kind of captured my attention every time i saw is she it. the really tall friend yes exactly okay yeah all right 
And yeah, I, I just remember reading them in the book, and you know, it. The I'm sure you guys have all discussed this in English class as well. The book is kind of like, uh, you know, the Roaring Twenties and how it was all great, and there's like, you know, a huge, uh, the, I guess, the um, excess of alcoholism or partying or whatever have you. And it's just, yeah, I just never really liked these people. And I'm glad that there's a, you know, a Nick Carraway to kind of agree with me in that sense of like, yeah, these guys are just super shallow and they're just really all about uh, just living every day as if it's like, you know, one huge party. And yeah, I, I'm glad that Gatsby kind of, uh, he, well, Gatsby did it for the wrong reasons, I feel. Um, well, but, Gatsby went the most over the top way possible to get what he wanted. And even then it didn't quite work and, out. For yeah, him. <laughs> Daisy was just like, Oh yeah, I guess I'm just going to be like what you had said. I'm going to, I'm going to be super fickle and, and, <laughs> Pretend that I, I love you, but I don't love you. I, I also love my husband, uh, who I have a daughter with. And it's like, well, yeah, I I can't. I, I None of this holds any water for me. But, yeah, I, the performances are good. I loved Leo, especially when he's uh, uh, wearing his white suit, comes over with all the roses, or I'm sorry, all the flowers. And, and then he just, like, runs away. And he's just like, uh, 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 what do I do? And I was like, oh, this is this is cool. Like, it's a funny guy. It, um, it works. It works in showing the kind of different layers of Gatsby, of who yeah. this person is, what he wants to show you he is versus what he actually is. I think DiCaprio does know how to – I mean, he's Leonardo DiCaprio. He's a good he's actor. Leonardo, he, knows, exactly. he knows how to capture that aspect to him. And, I mean, it, the rest of the cast, too. I mean, Carrie Mulligan, as much as I don't have a fondness for the Daisy character, I think Carrie Mulligan brings in what she needs to to that role. I think she's a good actress in that part. It just – the part bothers me. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Yeah. What's the what's the tall friend's name? Uh, Jordan. Jordan. Uh, okay. Elizabeth yeah. Debicki is the name of the actress who's yeah. fairly new. Oh yeah, I mean she. I, at first, I almost thought when she was lying on the couch, I thought, oh, that's cool. They have Rooney Rooney Mara playing her friend. <laughs> I was like, oh wait, no, that person's way too tall to be Rooney Mara. Cause... Rooney Mara got longer legs for this role. Yeah, I know. Yeah, she what Urban. <laughs> That's what I. That's what I imagine the, the WB exec is. He's, he's like Mister Mister Slate at the Flintstones, Lerman, or like or the Mister Spacely in the Jetsons. Same character, really. Lerman. <laughs> but um, I did like how they they wrote the text on the screen, and I, for some reason, I, I, I didn't fully hate the soundtrack the way that it went. Um, but at the same time, I kind of thought... I went home and bought it immediately. I love the soundtrack. Yeah, I, I didn't hate it, but as the movie went on, I kind of was like, okay, I can get into this, because obviously they, they do play the... Um, what's that CIA store with Ryan Reynolds and, and Denzel? They, they play Church in the Wild. Yeah, they like, play Church in the Wild, yeah. which is our... Uh, it, it only goes for... I, I see. The, no, I used to. I used to think house. that it was. I used to think it was only for safe, only for house. No one is safe. No one is house. But um, <laughs> that's the tagline of the movie, I, I, I believe. But but I think I I love Gatsby's soundtrack so much that I oh, yeah. officially transferred my my favor over for Gatsby as opposed to Safe House because I can well, I can hardly remember Safe House in this movie. I, I transferred over to Gatsby because they actually use it in the film. That um, helps too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, no, it is in the it is in the end credits of Safe House that song. Is it? Yes, oh, it's, well, it's not actually playing in the movie though. No, it's not. It, it could have, it, I guess. It when, fit, but it fits in this movie. <laughs> it does, yeah. And, you know, all the other stuff, like, you know, they have Alicia Keys with, like, her melody of uh, New York, uh, you know, when they're going to the city, which is kind of very subtle. If you if you listen to it, yeah. you can hear it. Um, they also have uh, Big Pimpin', 
uh, in Izzo comes there. A lot of Jay Z. I mean, yeah, he, it's he, a when lot you're, of when you're executive producer on the movie, you you kind of have a say in those things. But I mean, I love the acapella version of them and stuff like that. It's just for some some parts of it, I found it kind of jarring, and some of the party sequences just weren't lavish enough for me. And really, I wouldn't I wouldn't say yeah. that. Oh my god, the party. Like, I was I was kind of have expecting like you know the way that everything was gonna go crazy the way it did Moulin Rouge when they're when they're singing. Um, I actually almost thought, oh, this movie could use some more singing. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I said that it was restrained to an extent for Lerman, but I, I wouldn't apply that to the party scenes. I think the party scenes killed it. I think the, the, the fabric budget alone was ridiculous. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah, if you look at that, yeah, absolutely. But just in terms of... No, I yeah, mean, there's the, giant fireworks going off everywhere, and people dancing in the, in the pool, and all the streamers. And what, you, Abe, do you know why this movie was a nightmare for me at some points? Because you hate shiny objects on the screen? No, because of the, the massive amounts of glitter that were exploding oh, out of the screen. Oh, that's, that's one of your fears? We've ta- glitter we've bombs? About, we've talked this about we've talked to this before. <laughs> what have we talked about before? We've talked- <laughs> I love this is like an inside, but Aaron was uh, Aaron I think you texted me during the Super Bowl when we saw the commercial about the guy getting shot in the face with a glitter bomb for the Coke commercial. You're like glitter bombs. <laughs> We, we, it, was, it was a know everybody question once of what, what's the like ultimate weapon or whatever. And I'm like, it's, yeah, I know. And you're not being facetious either. I'm not. God, you know how terrible glitter is? You just can't get it out. I, I'm fully aware. I, I bet I still have glitter on me from something like five years ago that's like, it's like, ah. Well, that means that you probably haven't showered in like a few years. I, I no, that's why glitter is terrible. It doesn't matter if you shower, Abe. It doesn't matter. It, it doesn't come out of your clothes. That's probably for sure. Right. Well, Gatsby. Glitter bombs, watch out. Right. If he had used glitter bombs, I'm pretty sure he would have gotten Daisy and they would have gotten away to Kentucky. He could have he could have distracted Jason Clark from, from shooting him. Jason Clark, man, that guy is, continues to scare me. <laughs> First wait, He's a little, he... little too sad sack for me in this movie. <laughs> and there's like only real two scenes with him which uh which is kind of a bummer because yeah, he's a pretty good actor. Um what's uh what's that one movie where he was with uh Shia Beef and uh, Lawless, yeah. Was that during uh, this particular era too? Because <laughs> um, they were during there was during so. prohibition, Actually, yeah, right? Prohibition, yeah. It was so just, about 1918. Yeah, 1918. Except yeah, they're in like West Virginia or something they, like that. Yeah, somewhere in the. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess he's playing dual roles as himself then. Hmm. Well, he made it out. That's a good thing. Okay. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, he's dead now. He didn't shoot himself. <laughs> Did the butler shoot him, or did he? No, yeah, he shot himself. He, he clearly turned the no, gun I, himself. I saw that. <laughs> uh, poor Gatsby. Yeah. He should have worn that medal for Valor Extraordinary, and it would probably would have blocked it. But what are you gonna do? Yeah, that, man? That, that's what. That's the most likely thing that would have happened. What? Hey, man. What would you? What? What? What rating would you give Gatsby? Uh, I'd say. Uh, I'd say HBO. Um, it's not really for everybody, so I really wouldn't be like, oh, yeah, you can just watch it in your queue. It's kind of just more like, if it's on premium and you have access to premium cable, you could probably see it there. Well, we, we had a pretty strong rating between three of us, but now you've, you've dragged down the curve very Oh, uh, did you guys all go theater? Oh, yeah, theater and IMAX. Oh, yeah, I listened to it, so I know. But, uh, yeah, we're uh, drag, dragging down the curve now on Gatsby. But... Whew. Well... There has to be he won in the end, fifty million at the box office this weekend. Oh, really? Destroyed it. Wow, that's 
That's a lot. It is a lot. Wow. For second uh, place. Yeah, that's a lot. Wait, for, what, was, what was first? Do, do you want to think about that question or will we actually answer it? Uh, I have to think about it for a second. Iron Man was first place, Abe. Oh, right. Yeah, I totally forgot. Totally forgot. Tony Stark. Get me, Pete, Tyler, Tyler Perry's Peoples. That's what was first place. Well, I was hoping that was going to be first because, you know, I like Craig Robinson, especially in Hot Time Machine. You should go see it. I'm talking to the audience members. I, I figured. I saw you pointing at the screen. How did you know I was pointing? I really was. We're, we're friends. Come on. What are you doing, oh, what are you doing right. over there? Come on. <laughs> Um, awesome. Any other thoughts? Looking forward to, are you looking forward to Star Trek Into Darkness? Yeah, I, I, can I, can I enter a, in a, a late guess? Uh, uh sure. I want to say, uh, I'm going to say first place with, uh, do, 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 do. Oh, it's opening, a, it's, it's like a six day weekend, right? It, it opens on Thursday. Well, I guess Wednesday midnight, which is Thursday very early morning. So it opens on Thursday. Um, I'm going to say, uh, for the, one, two, three, four day total. I'm going to say, uh, hundred and sixty million. Hundred and what? Sixteen? Sixty. Six, hundred and sixty million. One sixty. Wow. Okay. You, you've lost already. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's going to be like 70. <laughs> if it, if it go, cracks 100, I'll be surprised, but we'll see. Go big or go home, right? And you are home, so there you go. Every, everyone <laughs> loves Benedict Timothy Carlton Cumberbatch. You nailed that one. That's, Boom. That's a good place to end it, I think. So uh, yeah. where can people find more of your work? You can find more fun stuff at walrusmoose.blogspot.com and twitter.com slash walrusmoose. Great. And, uh, yeah, episodes of our show on iTunes slowly will be getting them back on there. But still, iTunes reviews and ratings will help us out. We're back at you know back at square one. We want to get back to status quo. So support. Thanks us there. everyone who has uh, written us a review in the past couple days here. We really appreciate it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, next week we'll talk about Star Trek in the Darkness. But until next time, so long and goodbye. Yeah, <laughs> that was uh, that was excellent. <laughs> <laughs>